0: Now, these babies were made in Maine, you know, at the little Ferguson factory. It's the Stradivarius of toilets. My dad could play it like a violin. Excuse me here, dad, but a toilet is a toilet.
1: <laughs> but. The toilets
0: today aren't worthy of the name. They come in designer colors and they're too low. When you flush them, they make this little weak, almost apologetic sound.
1: Not the Ferguson.
0: It only comes in white. When you flush it, <laughs> Let's rock.
1: Thanks, Dad.
0: Can I get a open?
1: one? Oh,
0: no
2: Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. That's right, guys. We're here. We're in the nudie bar. (laughs) Bowoosh. My name is Al, and I am joined by the guy who holds himself and hums, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? I'm still trying to figure out, like, when you're sleeping and you're holding yourself
3: and humming. Like, what is going on in your head? Well, you got to tell us. No, I don't know because I'm sleeping and I don't remember anything. So I'm asking, what do you think is going on with that head?
2: Like, who holds themselves and hums? like? Uh, you and your buddy, from what I could tell, I'm sure he's doing it because he's just reminiscing about wearing that clapping hat.
3: Oh, man. Really? <laughs> you had to bring that up.
2: You want to start this episode bringing up that hat. You want to just If you wore that hat, you're going to tell me you wouldn't be sitting in a corner in the fetal position just humming and shaking? Well, it's either that or it's because I ate a piece of Peg's three-legged chicken. Hey, listen, that was from Chernobyl Farms. Don't be too hasty here. Don't be too hasty. (laughs) I mean, chickens, I think it's normal to have flippers. Then they could swim, and the, the beauty is if they're walking through the woods and they get caught in a bear trap, they could pull their leg off and it'll actually grow back. And who do you know that can feed a whole family of four for 33 cents? 32 cents, and it's Peg Bundy. Can I get 70 bucks? What for? How do you why do you need exactly 70? That's what I want to know. How do you know? Look, so there's this lottery, right?
3: And I've got this system, it's all figured out, and I will make you the deal of a
2: lifetime. You give me 70, and if I win, I will pay you back. That's it. So you could win $60 million, and you'll pay me $70 back as a return favor for making it possible for you to win the $60 million. That makes total sense, just like how about I give you money, and then I go buy Chinese food on the way home. I mean, this logic is just stellar. I Says
3: the it. guy who, along with JP, stole my credit card and bought a laptop and a watch. Uh, wow, you still remember that?
4: breakfast I have an egg and some M&Ms I can make
0: it omelet No thanks, Peg I'm still pleasantly nauseous after last night's feast of the three-legged chicken
2: We're talking about dump of my own first air January 8th 1989 So this is the first episode of 1989 on Marry with Children. The last one we reviewed, The Camping Show, that was December 11th, 1988. So now, we're finally in 1989, two years into this. Uh, This episode was directed by Jerry Cohen, and it was written by Michael Moyer, Ron Levitt, and Ralph Farquhar is back. Al decides to build a spare bathroom when the upstairs toilet floods. One too many times. I remember thinking that I didn't like this episode very much. I remember, uh, I was like, eh, going back to it, I gotta say, this is easily the most bizarre episode of Al Bundy to, to date. I mean, like, you know, I never really thought of doing a chronological exploration of this show, but now that we are, we kind of get to see progressions better. I used to just, you know, watch any random episode. And this is where Al seems like a crazy person.
3: Yeah, I was a little put off by this episode. Um <laughs> it's just really out there. And I mean really out. Like Al's obsession with with the bathroom. You thought was just him wanting to get away from the family, because mm. no who's gonna bother him in the bathroom? If his feet smell, I can't even imagine what else smells. But then you go into this whole, like, him and his father thing, and it is just abnormally disgusting. Uh, even even Bud's mullet was trying to leave the set.
2: <laughs> it, it shows us that Al is mentally irregular. Um, I didn't know what to make of it because he almost seems even too weird to be cool. It's almost that fine line like, yeah, it's cool that Al's in his own little world and he has this whole thing that he doesn't care, nobody knows nothing about. And he's like in this – this I don't even know what you call what he's into. like It's, this- <laughs> it's like if you found out the Fonz like
3: eats glue in his spare time. Yeah. Like yeah. you're just like, bro, I looked up to you. The leather jacket, the hitting of jukeboxes, the, the the too cool for everything. You jumped a shark, mate. You jumped a shark. Right. But at home, you're putting, like, Elmer's glue on your hand, waiting it to dry, peeling it off, laughing that you can see your fingerprints, and then eating it. And now I know about this.
2: That's what it was sort of like. Like, Al didn't seem very cool in this episode. It was kind of weird. Uh It's. I definitely, uh, don't worry, this will not be a bash fast of any kind, but I definitely, it's a a bizarre episode, but it starts off really strong.
3: But but here's the thing, it also kind of tells you it's
2: about to get weird. Like, an egg and M&M omelette? Yeah, well, that that is even fine to me. To me, that's just married with children. Well, what about Peggy actually offering to make food? That was weird. But I guess the way they counteract that is, well, they have to eat. So no one's going to believe that these people, I mean, they don't look like they just walked out of a concentration camp, right? So like they, they have to be eating. We have to address the fact that they're eating something. But what we have to do is make Peg like the most heinous cook alive. Do you ever notice for this, they like, the
3: way they do this is like, there's nothing about food for a while, or it's just them talking about lack of food. Then out of nowhere, they have, like, Peggy involved with food, like, two or three times, like, back to back to back. Because, like, with this episode, we start off with the egg and, egg and omelet. Then you found out she undercooked a three-legged chicken that night before. Like, and it's like they're trying to remind you, you know, hey, Peggy does make food for them. But this is just your reminder. We're not going to remind you for the next three episodes. So pay attention.
2: Right. Well, it starts off incredibly strong. We start off with a three-legged chicken that she cooked. Uh, The reason it's so ghetto is because it's 32 cents for an entire chicken, and it's from the Chernobyl Farms.
0: Why would you buy a chicken with three drumsticks?
4: (laughs) Well, it costs seven cents a pound. The one with two legs cost $1.19 a pound. Excuse me for thinking of our bank book instead of our health. Didn't you think
0: that just maybe there was something wrong when the label said Chernobyl Farms?
1: How many chickens have flippers?
4: Don't blame me for that. I just thought it was an extra head. You liked it, didn't you, bud? Well, it was tasty, but
0: hard to eat. I mean, every time I cut a piece off, it would grow back. Uh. (laughs) Hey, can't somebody get Kelly out of the bathroom? I'm a little queasy. I'm still trying to pass a beak. Uh,
2: Everybody, I feel like, should know what Chernobyl is. But uh, if not, it's uh, Chernobyl is a radiation accident, basically. Uh, The initial accident took place on April 26th. 1986 so one could argue too soon for this joke uh it
3: kind of is considering that this joke is 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 not talking about the people that died that day right which is actually not that many but the people who are now affected because of the chemicals
2: for the next you know 20 30 years whether through birth or the birth of the animals since then. So this, you know, marrow children came out in April of '87. So that's, uh, I guess, we're going almost t- two years now. They decided to pull it out, but like Jerry's saying, this is the people affected. So it took like a year for people to be born or whatever with these kinds of problems or animals. Now, if you look up Chernobyl animals, it it's a most fascinating thing. And just click on images. Like there's goats with eight legs and there's a uh, – I looked up chicken with three legs so I could post it on our Facebook group page. So that's cool and I found one and um, – but there's like a lot of like – sheep with heads like their their faces split and went off into two different directions and they're both fully formed. Um, things like that. But it uh killed twenty eight people when the explosion happened and it happened during a routine test. The reactor number four at the plant in Pripyat, Ukraine, uh, which was then part of the former Soviet Union, the plant just I guess blew up and all the radiation spread and it just if you look on a map too You'll see it really covered a lot of ground that was contaminated with radiation.
3: Yeah, and it was the high, it was a, a level seven event, which, in case you don't know, that's the highest level. We've only had two of those ever happen: the Chernobyl one, and then back in 2011 in Japan, you had the uh, Fukushima. Is that you, I think that's how you pronounce it? Uh, uh, nuclear disaster. Right. So I mean, there's only been. Two, the, Fukush- the Fukushima one wasn't quite as bad as for, like, long-term effects just because we have more preparation, we have more time. The one in the USSR, like, they were doing a routine safety thing. How do you screw up that bad doing your safety test? <laughs> like, this is what this is why you're supposed to have safety tests. Yeah, so this doesn't happen. They tend to make jokes about things that we all commonly know about, but we don't, we maybe don't know like everything about it. Like if you say Chernobyl, everyone knows what you're talking about. They have an image in their heads, but then when you start looking more into it, you realize like how deep it can go.
2: Right. And why these like jokes are relevant. That's the whole thing. We're kind of like pressing pause and stopping and seeing where it's all coming from. That's the point of you know, looking a little deeper into episodes and, um, you know, this podcast, obviously, mostly just so you should be having a good time, but it never hurts to learn something.
1: Next.
0: Uh, That's me, Dad. I have to, uh, stud myself up for school.
1: <laughs> oh, so you'll be needing your smoking jacket with matching blue pampers. <laughs> uh,
4: girls like me. They do. <laughs>
1: So, uh, what's for lunch today, Mom? Leftover chicken tumor?
4: (laughs) You know, I'm hurt. I feed a family of four for 32 cents, and all I get is grief. You know, I am trying to save money for the more important things for this family. Can I have $70 to play the lottery?
0: Can't I just give you 70 cents for some prime rib?
4: (laughs) Oh, please, Al. The jackpot is up to $6 million, and I have a system. I know I can win.
1: Well, leave Daddy alone, Mom. He works hard for his money. Dad? Could I have $100 for a python? (laughs) I need one for the school talent show.
2: $6 million in the lottery. She doesn't have two bro yet to rub. Um, So instead, she needs to borrow $70 and just try her luck. Kelly wants a... 100... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's not trying her luck. She has a system. Oh. I don't know what the system is,
3: because they don't tell us, but she has a system.
2: Can I say that I thought that the B storyline of this episode was not that great? What are you talking The herd
3: lottery thing?
2: Yeah, and it culminates in her stealing Al's tools to buy tickets. <laughs> I actually kind
3: of like it it reminded me of Al trying to get the money for the horse race okay um it was kind of like an opposite of that it was but my biggest problem is and I wasn't gonna bring this up cause I'm trying to like push like that realism out but I was like for a family that's supposed to be poor you should not be trying to spend $70 in lottery
2: yeah $1 is enough that
3: is so irresponsible like every once in a while I'll like do a scratch off just for the hell of it right but I would never just throw away $70.
2: Little does peg, no, there's really no point in doing that. You don't increase your odds really at all by spending $1 or $70. Having one ticket is almost the same as having 70 Like the odds really don't get any better. You're pretty much wasting your time. Now, a person can say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Of course, because... If this number doesn't work out, this one can, or that one can, or this one can. Yeah, but out of all the combinations there are, it doesn't increase... Like, if you do the math...
3: It increases it by, like, point zero 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 zero
2: zero three more zeros, 1%. So, it's not worth spending $70 in one drop to do it. That's the point. Like, you don't... There's no reason to do that. If you're buying one, you're as good as good. Yeah, you...
3: You you yeah. It starts the same point if you like just stood there at the gas station and convinced people not to play.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> it would do the exact same thing. Instead of you adding another number, you're taking another number out.
2: So you got seventy people to not play the lottery. That's not helping you any really. Yeah. So Kelly wants a python for a talent show. That that would be interesting.
3: <laughs> okay. When you heard that, what did you think she was going to do at the talent show?
2: I hope you're not going there
3: well you remember wayne's world yeah oh yeah wayne this thing weighs a satan i yeah i that's what i thought that she was going to do like an exotic dance with a snake
2: it looks great on you that's funny you say that because tia Carrere does make an appearance on mario children and she was the one wearing the python in wayne's world Ex- oh really and al bundy is in wayne's world too exactly
0: It's all yours, Dad. Well, it's about time. The man who goes to work, who pays the bills, finally gets to enjoy the fruits of his labor. Stand back, kids. Let Daddy show you how it's done. (laughs) Oh, and, uh, you might want to put on your galoshes. Oh, no. Yup. She's rising like the mighty
1: Mississippi.
4: (laughs) Now, from what I can tell, either you or Mom must have tried to flush Kelly's report card down the toilet. (laughs) Oh, no. Did I let the F's out of the bag?
0: Now <laughs> she's failing again. Who cares? I've got a chicken pecking its way out of my body.
2: <laughs> so, uh, the toilet is clogged because Kelly flushed her report down the toilet. I don't know why. Just throw it out in a dumpster as you're walking home from school. That would be too Yeah, like, easy. why even
3: bring it home? if You're not going to have them sign it. <laughs> why even bring it into the house?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not good at this anyway. Doesn't she? She tapes report cards under her bed. She flushes them down the toilet. I Like, the joke is good because it
3: comes from from Bud. But when you think about it, you're just like, Kelly, seriously, how do you remember to breathe?
2: <laughs> so, uh, Al and Pegg, once, uh, you know, a little behind-the-scenes things that we didn't know about before – when they were house shopping for that house they live in now on uh, Jeopardy Lane, the other houses that were in their price range were all on fire. Except for that one lovely house with no kitchen. <laughs> That's the <what> one Peg wanted. <laughs> now, Al wants to go to another planet. What planet is that? Ooh, Jane's Mansfield. Yeah. Uh, so Jane Mansfield, her real name is Vera Jane Palmer. And she was a blonde, of course, and an actress, uh, theater and television. And she was also a nightclub entertainer, singer, and one of the early Playboy playmates. And uh, Hugh Hefner died a couple weeks ago. So that's, uh, it's cool because we get actual two playmates. Well, we didn't get her in this episode, just to mention. But in the next episode, we get an actual playmate. So that's two in a row around the time uh, he died. She was a major Hollywood sex symbol of the '50s and early '60s. She was also known for her uh, personal life and publicity stunts, uh, wardrobe malfunctions. Like she's no Janet Jackson, but there's this famous picture of her and Sophia Loren. Did you ever see that? Yeah, where they're at the table. Yeah, she's bent over. Yeah, she's bent. She came over to Sophia Loren, who's like a legit actress, and, and so is this girl i guess but she's more sexual about everything she she's you know she does a lot of nude stuff yeah
3: well she was the first like major american actress to do nudity in movies right like ones where it wasn't just like we got model from off the street like she was a legit actress who ended up doing them
2: yeah she was in movies like the match game the wild wild world of jane mansfield spree and the girl can't help it. That was her big movie. So look her up and see why Al wants to live there. She's, she's pretty hot. Right, she's hot for the 50s. Yeah, Did you say- ever look at
3: all the titles she won in beauty pageants? No. All right, listen to this. She has gone and won all of these. Miss Photo Flash. Miss Magnesium Lamp. Miss Fire Prevention Week. Miss Gas Station Queen. Miss Bawoosh Queen. Miss Cherry Blossom Queen. Miss Third Platoon. Miss Blue's Bonnet of Austin. Miss Direct Mail. Miss Electric Switch. Miss Filler Up. Miss... Nylon Sweater Queen, Miss One for the Road, Miss Freeway, uh, The Hot Dog
1: Ambassador, Miss Geiger Counter, Best Dressed Woman in Theater, Miss 100% Pure Maple Syrup, Miss July 4th, Miss Texas Tomato, Miss Standard Okay, any more people are going
2: to wish they missed this episode. Yeah, Miss Orchid, Miss
3: Potato Soup, Miss Lobster, Miss United Dairies, and Miss Chihuahua. And out of all of those, I only made up one.
2: Bawoosh. Oh, you son of a
3: <laughs> But all those other ones are real.
2: Wow, that's amazing. Uh... That'd be cool if she actually won a Toilet Bowl award and it was mentioned here. I'm surprised she did after looking. Like, I thought someone was messing with me. Now, much like when you were reading that list, another person who should really stop talking is Al. When he gets so into this Ferguson Toilet Bowl. So Al gets this Ferguson Toilet Bowl. It's the king of bowls. And it's made in Maine. Al visited the factory with his dad when he was a kid. The sad truth about this whole thing is that there actually is a Ferguson Enterprises. It's a toilet and plumbing supply company, and it has franchises all over the United States and has been in operation for more than 63 years. However, its headquarters is based in Virginia, unlike the one here where Al says it's in Maine. Here's where Al gets weird. Stand
0: back and feast your eyes on this.
1: Is it just me or is that a toilet?
0: Not just a toilet. A Ferguson, the king of bulls.
1: (laughs) Bud, sit
0: down. Let me tell you the story of the Ferguson. Now, these babies were made in Maine, you know, at the little Ferguson factory. It's the Stradivarius of Toilets.
1: <laughs> my
0: dad can play it like a violin. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'll never forget the time my dad took me on a trip to Maine to visit the factory. I had to go to the bathroom, and I begged him to pull in a truck stop. He said, no, where do we get there? It'll be worth it.
1: <laughs> it was.
0: <laughs> Excuse me here, Dad. But a toilet is a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Bud, the toilets today aren't worthy of the name. They come in designer colors, and they're too low. When you flush them, they make this little weak, almost apologetic sound. (laughs) Not the Ferguson. It only comes in white. And when you flush it, ba whoosh! (laughs) That's a man's flush, Bud. But Ferguson says... I'm a toilet. Sit down and give me your best shot.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: if only a Ferguson could speak, the tales it would tell.
1: <laughs>
0: now I've got one of my very own.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I just wish Dad could be all...
3: <laughs> i I'm just so weirded out. Or like when I think Kelly says says it. She's just like a no. Bud says it. A toilet is a toilet. The face he makes. Right. He's so exaggerated.
2: I'm just like, I'm just getting weirded out. He's like, like this must be the writers like, okay, how could we act passionate about a toilet bowl? What could we possibly say? They just went, I don't even know how Ed O'Neill kind of sold this or I don't, I'm not even saying he sold it. I'm saying it's just weird and creepy. It's not even relatable or funny. You know, normally when Al, even when he's obnoxious, like he, he relates to somebody. And we could kind of get in on the joke. At this point, I think even his biggest fans are just like, Ew, uh, what now? Yeah, he's, he's over here like, I wish my dad was alive. Really? You wish your
3: dad was alive to see you
2: bought a toilet? Right. And like, okay, let's put it this way. Al is so odd in this episode that would you even show anyone this episode or would you save it for like the very last based on his behavior
3: i would not show them this episode i would not recommend i wouldn't even talk about this
2: episode right i would just be
3: like yeah you're gonna see this episode uh when they bring it when they bring it up then i'll be like oh yeah that episode we don't talk about that episode
2: yeah I, i think this is why i didn't like it when i was a kid and i never really put it on i think i maybe i subconsciously remembered all this oddness and i just thought it was just too focused on a toilet which didn't couldn't pull out too many jokes they pulled out a lot of jokes. I'm just not sure they were funny, and Al's behavior is just too much for me. I think there were a lot of good jokes, but I don't think
3: any of them involved the toilet. Like, when Kelly came home and Peg was like, how was school? She was like, oh, you know, good reading, adding, false alarms, principal's office. You almost don't even catch it. Right. Like, it's really good, but you don't catch it because literally the next thing is, is a, I got a toilet bowl just like old dad. Yeah.
2: At but the visual of al sitting on the toilet in the living room I, it's i don't even it's indescribable i'm not sure if it's funny or just weird or or what have you i don't even know what i feel about it i just remember looking at it i think i did laugh i'm not sure what, if i was laughing with him or at him though i i did i don't think any of the toilet jokes made me laugh there was
3: one that was in the same room as the toilet but there was but like None of the toilet jokes made me laugh. It was just really weird, creepy, and sad all at once.
0: But family, I'm going to realize my second dream. I'm going to build a bathroom, the greatest bathroom in the world. And I want you to know something, all of you. Nobody uses that bathroom
4: but me. (laughs) Honey, how can we afford a new bathroom? As it is, we give the kids candy and tell them it's vitamins. <laughs> no more vitamins for a while, kids.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, it won't cost much, because I'm going to build it myself.
2: And how would Peg know that a bathroom would take three weeks to build if for a child? I guess she just made up that joke, because there, there are times when that joke really works on Married with Children. Like, there's a point when Al and Jefferson go to build, a, like, a... A, a table, like a workbench or something like that, and it says, you know, how, how long it's supposed to take, and then, like the the camera pans, it's her and Marcy, and then she says, "Well, it says here it should take uh, two hours," and then Marcy goes, "Well, it's been two hours," and then you hear, "At last!" and th- or something like that. Then they pan across and go, "We opened the box." <laughs> <laughs>
3: what two hours to open the box yeah like that's when it's funny Uh, i don't know i think they said she said oh well the manual said it would take uh three weeks manual for what though building a bathroom that's what i remember i was like there wasn't a manual like where did you like she said something about a manual or the instructions and i'm like what instructions what manual
2: Yeah, there is no manual to build a bathroom. You just lay down tile, you put a wall up, you paint it, you do whatever you want, put a sink in, put a mirror in, but if you're Al, you don't, yeah, you don't put a sink. You don't,
3: you don't put a sink in, this is a man's bathroom. (laughs) So Al,
2: again, you know, Steve walks in. With his Nazi sweater. Nazi sweater, and also, uh, the, there's a huge continuity error in the layout of the Bundy house. That door... That's right next to their closet, which is right next to their front door. Yeah. That's supposed to be the entrance to the garage. But when Steve opens that door and walks in, um, you can see, and also when Peg does it later, you could see this like narrow paneled wall, like hallway behind him. And what you're supposed to see behind him is that desk with that sun clock above it that chris likes
3: oh interesting so so i guess
2: they they those are two
3: completely different
2: like those sets are not connecting right i i could see that i guess um it is what it is but but that's it's just you always hate when that illusion's broken i guess you know so steve walks in and al is sitting there like a weirdo rubbing, I hope at least, two-ply toilet paper on his face. And I just don't know. Well, you know what? It is, like, later on in this in
3: Season 8 or something, which one was uh, Please Take My Wife, the Halloween episode, like, I think it was Season 8. Uh, there's a scene in that where Kelly and Bud are rubbing their face on toilet paper because they're like, no, this is the good stuff, feel.
2: Right, and Kelly knows it's two-ply.
3: Yeah, so I mean... Oh, no, she
2: no, they're, no, they're trying to figure out which it is.
3: And, and they ask for, for their dad. Dad would know. Why isn't he here? Now we know how he knows. He is a toilet paper expert. He sits in weird places and rubs toilet paper on his face. Man, they were setting up jokes early.
2: Yeah, wow, you're pretty good, man. That was season eight, episode seven. Bam, look at that. Wow, you're becoming an expert already. Amazing.
3: That's the episode we reviewed on Kill the Cast.
2: Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> and look, it landed you here in the nudie bar. Watching a grown man rub toilet paper on his face. Lucky you. So, yeah, this is Al's by far weirdest episode, and I've seen them all. And I don't... I think they abandoned this kind of like, okay, we went too far. Let's dial it back. Al could be cool and weird at the same time.
4: <laughs> oh, hi, Al.
0: Um, I just... Cutting
4: through
0: here to go home No, uh, hang on a second there, Steve I want to ask you something uh, What do you think so far? It's a dream, Al <laughs> Yeah, maybe means the time I'll be sitting in my bathroom Wishing I could look at my car
1: <laughs>
0: if I detect a little green-eyed monster Sneaking into your voice there, Steve Come on, you can be honest It's beautiful, isn't it? Al, I don't see any area Marked off for a sink Hey, this is a man's bathroom.
1: <laughs> ah,
0: you know how when you have to share a bathroom with a woman, and, well, in my case, Peggy, <laughs> you get nylons on the on the shower rod, you get nair where the toothpaste should be, <laughs> oh, a bottle of vinegar lying around.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: what are they doing there? Make a salad? <laughs> Well, not in my bathroom, Steve. My medicine cabinet, I'm just going to have guy stuff. You know, Roll-Aids, Milk of Magnesia, Tums, my razor. Why do you need a razor when you don't have a sink? Well, it's not for shaving, Steve. It's for peace of mind.
2: Now, is he implying a razor to slit his wrists? Yes, he is
3: implying that he's going to kill himself. Okay. There are some jokes in this scene that I actually do where I like the four-roll dispenser. That's funny. That's funny, when the bomb hits, when the bomb drops, I'm set. I like the gun rack over the toilet. I
2: thought that was hilarious, but... But what's he gonna do with a gun rack? He doesn't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. (laughs) Shut up, oh my god. Oh, but here's the thing. What's wrong with that
3: scene? Steve shouldn't be happy that he has a gun. No, Al wrote with his right hand. Al's left-handed. Oh... Because O'Neal is actually left-handed, but he wrote it with his right hand. What was he writing again? The word gun.
2: Oh, wow. That's weird. I guess Al Bundy is right-handed then.
3: No, Al Bundy writes multiple times with his left hand. Oh, he did? Okay.
2: Yeah, so that's why it's weird that
3: he just randomly wrote with his right hand in this episode.
2: Hmm. Now, Al says something about how women always have vinegar in their bathroom. Uh, It's actually apple cider vinegar is what it should be because that helps fight off toxins and bacteria that cause vaginal odor. You could, uh, drink this, you could bathe in it, but that's why women are with the vinegar for their, well then, um, I guess we know something that's in Peggy's bathroom and that's
3: really weird. This whole episode is weird. I want my money back. That's what I'm saying, man. It's this is not like like here's the thing, and I'll get into it later. It's not a bad episode. It's not. It's just so weird. I like I didn't even catch that vinegar thing. (laughs) Explain this joke to me. Peggy gives Marcy the chicken and says, "Don't put it near a clock." What like what does that mean?
2: Like, I I was thinking. uh, My instant thought was like a cuckoo clock, like a chicken comes out of it. So maybe he would react. My thought, and I,
3: and I, to me, I think this is too smart of a joke, is it's a joke on atomic clock. Don't put the Chernobyl chicken by the atomic clock.
1: Hmm.
2: I don't know. If anybody knows, uh, and, and give us a real answer. Don't tell us what you just think. Don't do – because we're already doing that. We, we needed another version of Suey. <laughs> yeah. Everyone tell us how we're wrong. <laughs> oh, God. How did we not know that? How did we I, I guess you got to lives in a different place apparently not New Jersey or Alabama. Yeah, like I
3: legit did not I should know that. I'm from the South. I should know that. But maybe it's like a mid
2: Where's it? But here's the thing, people from Australia were like telling us. I know. The funny, here's a good part. See, now I didn't like the the tools being stolen. Uh I thought a good joke was how Peg says that she already sold Al's organs that of his body. I guess he was going to, I don't know if he like, was going to donate him or something, but she already had, had him pre-sold to people.
4: Anyway, Marcy, I just know my lottery numbers are going to come up and I just need $70 to play. So what do you say Mars? You lend me the $70 and if I win, I'll pay you back. (laughs) Let me be honest with you, Peggy. I once loaned money to a friend and that person never paid me back. I never said a word about it, but I harbored a deep resentment. And it strained our relationship to the point where the very sight of that person made me sick. You're kidding. What a low life. Who was it? It was you, Peggy. (laughs) Oh. How'd you like to have the rights to Al's organs after he dies? (laughs) Sound good? Oh, no, I can't do that. I hawked those the other day for a tank of gas. But you know, I think I have a spleen left. No, but thank you. We have so many knickknacks already, it would just be one more thing to dust.
2: So now the lottery is up to $21 million as this episode goes on. All right, well, I rewound this episode two times. I just couldn't – my mind – I don't know if it, if I couldn't focus or what, but can you explain to me why – Al kept turning off the lights every time he worked on the bathroom. I thought that was a
3: joke on him saving money to use it towards that
2: because like he wasn't giving them
3: allowance anymore. And Kelly was like, do you think blonde hair just grows on heads? Ah, So I think it was a joke on that because, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense.
2: Okay, so like I said, Peg was stealing his tools that, you know, she could have stolen anything else. At this time, but she decides to take the things he's actually using to build his bathroom, and sell them for money for the lottery. Um, and this is also the first appearance of Al's purple plaid shirt, which they just have him wearing constantly, um, like in the later seasons, like in the last four seasons. It in my in my memory, it feels like that's all I ever see him in, but I'm sure it's not true. I
3: I had a question for
2: you. Yeah.
3: When Bud and Kelly are arguing because Bud does the whole, you don't need records, Kel. Just chant the words. Oh, uh, Satan, saying say squeeze, whatever. He, she tells him to eat dad's socks and he replies, eat his shoes. And then the other big Fox show, The Simpsons, does eat your shorts. Has eating other people's clothes always been an insult? <laughs> like I've never once in my life told anyone to eat some article of clothing. Like, but then and you also have the same, like, I'll eat my hat. Right. Have you in your real world life ever heard anyone actually use a eat article of clothing line?
2: No. I haven't either. I think that was just something that was allowed to be said on television. I guess, I guess. Cause, oh, cause you can't say eat a dick.
3: Yeah. Say, so, eat,
2: eat, eat my, my shorts. shorts. Right. That would make sense. Yeah. So the lottery is now up to $60 million, and Peg is still going at it, um, Bud's Skateboard was stolen. It's a good thing he got two of them. He got one, what, one was in load and one was, I think, somewhere else. And uh... Oh,
3: didn't he, when was the other time, he went shopping with Peggy
2: and got one, was that Fatherload? See, I'm thinking it was, maybe, I don't know. They kind of blend for... for Yeah, they start blending together at a certain point. Yeah, but I remember one of our issues with that one episode is that he just got a skateboard two episodes ago, and now he has a new skateboard. Yeah,
3: but you know, here's more examples of why, like, this episode's funny, but none of it deals with the toilet. Uh, Bud was on fire when he was talking about uh, uh, gangbanging the sink. He stole his dad's tools and invited girls over to fix the sink. Hilarious. Um, Peg telling Kelly that, I think you're old enough to know this. Yes. About their life. This is their life. Right. Like, it's funny. Or, um, I guess this one's kind of toilet related. Uh, I was like, people hear you have a Ferguson and they think you have money. Yeah, that was funny. But then... Peggy's response people think you have a husband they think then you have sex sex right like I was just like this is really good and then Al's walking away and he's like what happened to his tools copper tubing towels manhood like there are really good jokes let's say I get
0: the camera and we each pose for a picture with the (laughs) bull
1: oh can I stick
0: my
4: head in it please
0: (laughs) you just wise guide yourself out of a picture young lady
4: (laughs) Who's first? Al, we are living like Okies. Can you please finish that bathroom? Hey, I'm in the
0: homestretch now. I would have been done already, but something keeps happening to my stuff. Bud, did you take my adjustable wrenches?
1: Yeah, Dad. You're
4: on to me. I've been having these wild parties. I've been inviting girls over,
0: and we turn the lights down real low, and we gang fix the sink. (laughs) Kelly!
1: Oh, come on, Dad. Look around. If I was gonna steal anything, it certainly wouldn't be from this house.
0: Yeah. It must be the neighbors. You know, people here you got a Ferguson, they think you got money.
4: Yeah, well, people here you got a husband, they think you have sex. <laughs>
0: Say what you will, Peg, you won't bring me down. This bowl is giving me a natural high. (laughs) Button up, kids, I'm going back to work. I just wish I could figure out what's happening to my tools and my copper tubing and my towels and my life and my manhood.
3: (laughs) But then there's jokes that fall flat, and I want to know if this joke worked on him. Okay. When the lights go off and they start singing the Flintstones, did you laugh or did it fall flat?
2: Um... I probably just went Huh.
4: Flintstones,
1: we're the Flintstones. We're the modern Switch family.
4: Yeah,
3: I thought it felt flat and I was also just kinda like, really, that them singing the Flintstones. Like Farquad like really wrote some out there stuff for this episode. Yeah, we should Like we could have made a list of just like all the weird and out there and makes no sense. Like this is the Twilight episode of of al bundy like if they were like in a world where al bundy is obsessed with toilets and then just all this weird
2: shot out humor hey guys this is al the three of us here at no man love doing the married with children podcast and we can only do it thanks to your support through patreon.com slash married with children podcast What's that? You don't know what that is? Well, let me tell you. There's a huge amount of stuff you'll find at patreon.com slash Children Podcast that you won't find anywhere else. Do you want to hear a season wrap-up show for seasons 3 through 11, which won't be available in the regular feed as we continue to work our way down the line? Want access to all of our bonus content? Basically, that means anything besides the reviews of the episodes themselves. Future exclusive interviews, Marrow Children comic book specials, reviews of movies starring different Marrow Children cast members. That's right, you want to hear us review Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Little Giants? Dutch? Hell, we'll even review Hondo. How about our future spotlight specials where we highlight one Merriwood Children cast member and explore their life and career? We will even have Marriott Children commentary tracks. Watch an episode along with us. Remember guys, this is a weekly show, so you get all that for only $1.25 per show. Yes, guys, all that is available for just $5 a month. You can't do $5 a month or don't want the bonus content and just want to support the show and buy us a girly girl beer and throw us a dollar or two a month? If 500 of you did that, we wouldn't have to eat toaster shakings or tang wipe. So please consider becoming a patron and support your favorite podcast. Patreon.com/slash married with children podcast.
1: Thanks, Dad.
2: <laughs> well, he wrote Married Without Children? Girls just want to have. Oh, he's a story editor. Now, Teleplay. Okay, story editor, editor, editor. Uh, he just edits a lot of these.
3: I know he, he was, like, involved with the show a lot. This is not the first time we've had his names, but, like, there's just some weird jokes. Like, I thought the first time they made the, the selling of Oregon's joke, fine. But then when Al just randomly brings up at the gas station who was rubbing his eyes and the guy said he owned them.
0: Oh, hey, you know, a funny thing happened. I was at the gas station the other day and <laughs> I was I was rubbing my eyes. <laughs> This mechanic came over to me and he said, don't do that. I own those.
4: <laughs> what do you think he meant? Well, you know how foreigners are, honey. I <laughs> think they own everything.
3: Like that one, I was just like, guys, you did not need to call back to that. that. That was
2: just weird. That Who does that? It couldn't be any worse than anything that's on Roseanne, Moonlighting, or 30-something. Okay, out of these
3: three shows... I've seen Roseanne. I've never seen Moonlighting, have you? No. Do you know anything about it?
2: Yeah. Uh Moonlighting is a comedy drama mystery that aired from nineteen eighty five to eighty nine. So this that joke was only good for about five months. It had <laughs> sixty six episodes. And it starred Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis. Oh, as private detectives and the show was like a mixture of drama comedy romance and it was considered to be one of the first successful and influential examples of comedy drama or dramedy um emerging as a distinct television genre so that's that um now this the show 30 something that actually aired from 87 the same as the bundies to only 91 it's the story of baby boomers that are living uh, in their thirties in Philadelphia. All righty then, and of course they had Roseanne because they were taking a shot
3: at Roseanne because Roseanne is here because of married with children. I I think
2: the two show writers. Um, well, they try to hire her, and she said no.
3: Yeah, I think, and I think this is why they like they, this was them taking shot. This is them putting
2: their personal grudges into the show right and whoever doesn't know roseanne that's roseanne Barr and all that and it's basically a grounded version of mario children but in that show um the wife is the central focal point and in mario children it's the husband al but you know both spouses are in it frequently but uh those were the focuses though
4: He's in there breaking in the Ferguson as we speak. Must be having fun. He's been in there for over an hour. How was it, Al?
0: I don't know, Peg. I'm constipated. (laughs) the worst day of my life. I wonder if this ever happened to Dad.
4: <laughs> Do you want me to undercook you some chicken,
1: honey? <laughs> no, nah,
0: thanks anyway, Peggy. It'll take something a lot stronger than raw chicken to get me fixed up.
1: <laughs> and now, stay tuned for the rest of our exciting ABC lineup. Roseanne, Moonlighting, and the award-winning 30-something. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ron really wanted to put, Ron and Michael really wanted to put this shot in.
2: Right. Like, he basically is saying the ABC lineup is like a laxative to Al. Yes. We get the greatest ending joke of Al flushing the toilet and then the Buckingham Fountain that's located in Chicago that you see in the beginning of every single episode. They actually took that. Uh, here we are in season three and they said, you know what, let's implement that in an episode. We should have like Al. Cause you know, Al's joke was sort of always to go to the bathroom. Even in the Elvis episode, he goes, let's do something Al Bundy likes to do. And then he went upstairs to go to the bathroom. I, I believe it happened in season one and two also at some point. Um. Oh, yeah. Something about uh. Yeah. When Al was uh, Al loses his cherry when he's in Luke's apartment. And then she goes. Yeah. Very big, strong forearms. And he goes. Yeah. And she goes. It must be all that flushing. <laughs> so he he was always like a bathroom guy for some reason. So they decided to use the intro fountain as set piece for this this episode. I wonder. Um. I wonder what went into that. Like if they had a call and get this thing to get shut off and if they had to get a permit to you know like isn't it this like the exact same clip from the beginning just extended well doesn't it isn't it like off in the very beginning then it goes
3: on maybe but it's probably one of those fountains that probably, like either it doesn't run all the time or maybe they did get permission to stop it and start it back on i assume it probably doesn't run 24 7 or it has like Sometimes they have it running, sometimes they have it starting and stopping for effect, stuff like that. You
2: know what I mean? But it's a different angle, so we can't say that they just reversed the film or whatever. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, they actually did film this. They actually made that happen. So, uh, yep, so that's it. So Al has his bathroom and used it, and we'll be right back after this. Now that's a man's flush.
4: No Ma'am we will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash married with children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show to subscribe to their YouTube channel. Just go to channels and search up married with children podcast. You can email them at married podcast at gmail.com thanks for checking out this review now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's
2: episode alright guys uh, time to give ratings for dump of my own how many baushes are we giving this episode out of 5 Jerry how many baushes out of 5 are you giving this episode
3: I'm giving it three out of five. It, w- it was an okay episode. There's nothing bad in it. It's just there's no real laugh out loud moments for me. It's really solid writing, and there are some good jokes, but it's all the non-toilet humor stuff. That The toilet humor was just way too much in this episode. owl this, was just weird and creepy to me. Um, I really question him and his dad's relationship right now. Like, who takes their son to, uh, a, a toilet factory and on the way there won't let him go to the bathroom because it's like, no, no, you have to wait. Why are you so obsessed with toilets? What, like, is this a? a I, I it creeps me out. I don't understand it, but it's not a bad episode. It's just really weird. And it's hard to review and hard to talk about. I feel uncomfortable. The, like, I would feel more comfortable in the bathroom at the jiggly room than, on a Ferguson right
2: now yeah this episode um I almost want to take away a lot of points for how out of character Al is and how not cool he is here um usually when he's when he's in his own little world even if when it's Hondo or whatever not that I'm into Hondo but I can at least appreciate it and it's still cool because i know what he means because i'm into some stuff that everybody thinks is old and stupid so i could appreciate that but being so pointed in this toilet thing um and this weird lines like if if ferguson could talk this the tales it would tell and and just a lot of other things that we mentioned is just so um i don't know man it's just not my kind of thing but I loved the opening with the chicken, Chernobyl, and even you know, I love the selling the organ donations and there was some funny moments with the toilet bowl. I guess him sitting on it was just so odd and weird. I just didn't even know what to make it's it. It's not a bad episode. It's not a good episode, but
3: it's like I couldn't rate this under a three because I didn't feel like there was things wrong with it. It was just too weird, though. Thinking about your whole point of how off Al is. Right. See, because for me, I was taking this as, okay, this is what Alex told me, that it's going to get out there. That the jokes are going to get more nonsensical, like, as we go on. But you're telling me that even for that, this is too far out? Yeah. Wow, maybe I should go to a 2.5. I I think I'm going to. (laughs) You know what? I'm I'm going with you. Yeah. Take down my rating as a 2.5. I thought that this was I was I was giving them a three on the whole there well there was nothing wrong with the episode per se. Right. But for me I but for you, if you're telling me this is out of character for Al, mm-hmm. I have to take the expert's opinion here.
2: Yeah. I was trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. The benefit of the doubt, yes. But there's no point to it, no. No,
3: so two point five for me, two point
2: five for you. All right, guys, well, there you have it. That was Dump of My Own, and this episode took a dump. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Listen, we love Yeah. I just remembered something. You said there was no
3: under three rated episodes in this season.
2: Yeah, I guess... And this
3: episode is so bad that (laughs) you couldn't even remember it. No, I can't go as low as a two because there are some things I really do like. So I can't flat out say I just do not like it.
2: Right. I'm in between don't like it and like it. I'm in between don't like it and I don't want to be mean. Right. Me too. <laughs> so, guys, we won't be too mean next week as we review season three, episode six. Her cups runneth over. Al must go to a far off lingerie outlet store to buy a discontinued brazier for Peggy do yeah.